This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Thank you for joining us, Jordan. Being here at an event like this, it wasn't too many years ago that you were the young kid sitting in the office, I mean, sitting out in the audience. Do you think back to that time and how quickly everything's come? Uh, yeah, actually, oddly enough, um, one of my most fond memories of um, interaction with a PGA Tour player was uh, Hunter Mahan being involved in his event, and he was involved at the Ping Invitational up at Karsten Creek, Oklahoma State's course. Uh, and he's an Under Armour guy too, so. Um, and, and Under Armour kind of took it over a little bit. So it was, um, it's actually funny thinking back, but, you know, I remember watching him hit balls, and, and it was, at the time, you know, you, the per personality that I have, I'm sitting here going, nah, I could beat this guy for sure. But you watch him hit balls, and, I mean, it's just a flush after flush after flush, and um, seems to be no mistakes as he strikes the ball, and it was really inspiring to watch. So, uh Pretty amazing that I'm back out here. I don't think I hit it as, as nicely as Hunter does for these guys. I actually lost the challenge last year, so I'm looking forward to maybe challenging these guys to a couple shots. But um, pretty cool to, to be in this position so soon. How important is it for you to be able to give those kids the same opportunity that you had? Um, I think it's very important. I, I think it's really important to uh, give them a little insight to how I got from, excuse me, how I got from being uh, you know, sitting in the crowd there to where I am and how it's, you know, it's not a one in a million type chance. I mean, they have so much talent. Sure, you have to have kind of the right breaks at the right time. But um, just kind of sharing a little of my story, maybe some things that they don't know uh, about how I got to do what I love to, you know, love to do for a living. And um, I think it can be very useful for if at least a few of the um, boys and girls in the crowd who have that aspiration. Looking ahead to the Ryder Cup later this year, 2014 was your first Ryder Cup. What did you take away from that experience? Uh, it was it was a real bummer flight home. It was a, you know, Sunday we still believed we could do it. Uh, we believed that we could make a comeback. Uh, I felt like I played well that week, partnered up with Patrick Reed. We had a, a nice partnership going. Uh, we went, what was it, 2-0-1 in our partnership and, and really could have closed out that alternate shot match. But um, I was put in a position in the singles matches to go out against Graham McDowell and really put a dagger in him. Second out, I think. First or second out, Patrick. I think I was first. Pa Patrick was second. Um, and he was doing his job, and, and I was playing really well, and I just kind of let it slip away. And I think it was um, a tough one for the team. I, I kind of took it personally, even though the guys on the team never you know, blame me or anything because we were already behind. But 
there's certainly a revenge type feeling with all the guys on the U.S. team. They want to they want to switch this around. We don't want to just win one. We want to make this. Um, we want to make them create a task force. <laughs> we want to make the Europeans question um, how they're doing things in the Ryder Cup. It, it, we want this to be a over the next 20 years, you know, a really fun um, Sunday night experience for us where we're holding the cup. You mentioned the pairing with Patrick. Going into that, you two are kind of different personalities. He seems a little bit more intense, both on and off the golf course. You're intense on the golf course, but not so much off the golf course. It seems like you can enjoy yourself. How did that work out? And going into the partnership, did you think you'd have as much success as you did? Yeah, I didn't think I'd be partnering with Patrick. I, um, when we were playing our uh, matches early in the week, I was playing with Matt Kuchar, Jim Furyk, and he was kind of flipping off, uh, flip, flipping with me, uh, playing with the other. And we kind of played a couple holes together. Um, we talked a lot with Steve Stricker, and we said, Steve, here's the deal. We're not going to be a great alternate shot team. We play a different golf ball. Um, we're so competitive with each other and in general that uh, it's probably not going to work out <laughs> For the best interest of the team, but alternate—I mean, but best ball—we uh, both are normally in the top five in birdies made per round on the PGA Tour. Uh, his strengths are on the holes where uh, you know I'm making less birdies, and mine are par fours and threes, where uh, you know that I, I feel like I'm at the at the top as far as how many birdies are made. This should be a match made in heaven for best ball, and turned out we were right. I mean, we, we really ham and egged it nicely and, and took down those guys. We took down um, Gallagher and Poulter, you know, the, the Scott with Ian, obviously a Ryder Cup wizard. So just worked out really well. And, I, you know, our personalities are actually very similar on the golf course. We're just uber competitive and uh, we, we just can't stand when we don't perform to our own expectations, which we also set probably unrealistically too high. What emotions from that week stood out? For any moments. Uh, yeah, there's just more passion. More passion in the putts. You recognize how big a two-up lead is. So you know that, you know, even that four-footer that, you know, you normally just make for par and walk on to the next hole and be one under, two under. Uh, you know, it's, say it's hole number seven. You know, knocking that putt in to go two up. You know, if you can show more passion, show that you have, you feel like you've got it all on your side, uh, you know, maybe your opponent feels like it, it is shifting that way. And, and, you know, I've seen both sides of it, but that week just brings out more in the little things. You spend a lot of time with Ricky. You spend time talking with Dustin. Over the course of the last two years, I'm sure you guys have other things to focus on. But does the Ryder Cup come up at all and oh, yeah. your desire to want to win? Certainly, yeah. It's, it's a common topic of conversation amongst the American players. Everybody wants to make the team. We really feel like... Um, last year was a strong year for American golf. Um, this year's kind of gone that direction as well. Uh, we're just we're just angry. We're just angry at the way the Ryder Cup has gone. I mean, I, as a as a fan of it, before I played in it, I remember watching uh, in 2012. I was literally in this room, and there's a TV right there, and I watched the singles match while I was hitting balls right here on that Sunday, and. Uh, I was sitting here going, man, just put me in, coach, put me in. You know, I, I wanted to get in there and fight for those guys, and it's cool to have the opportunity, but we definitely talk about it. We want, we want to get there. We, we, want, to, we want to leave um, leave our mark the next, whatever it may be, couple decades on the Ryder Cup. Do you feel like a leader on this team? Uh, 
Yeah, I feel like at this point, um, I'm not sure what the makeup of the team will be. It's still you know early, but as of right now, I'd say um, be in a position to, to help lead. Are you comfortable with that position? Yeah, uh, this would be my second one, so I'll still be relying on our captains, assistant captains, and some of the veteran players uh, for experience. But at the same time, we got a lot of scar tissue, so I think um, bringing in a, a confidence, a cockiness into the tournament, into the uh, into the team room is really important for us young guys who feel like, you know, hey, we watched we watched all that, we know that's there, but we're here to help you guys start a, a new trend. Change gears going into last year's Open Championship at St. Andrews. So much was on the line, so much pressure, so much attention. Can you remember what it was like going into that week and how you dealt with that? Yeah, I, I'd come off um, victory at the John Deere, which is really nice. I felt like I had all the momentum on my side, led through three rounds. I think we shot 61 or something on Saturday. So I'd had low numbers posted, was putting well, striking it nicely. Uh, my coach was going over with me at the beginning of the week. We were just going to fine-tune. And, you know, over there, it's actually kind of easier to shut off noise. You know, you're not on your phone as much. You're, uh, whatever, six hours later than central time, uh, which kind of helps in the sense that you're not, um, you don't see or hear. You know, it's not the same TV channels. You're not really watching TV at night. You're just kind of talking with the people that are there, um, which I think helped me there because, you know, being going for a third major in a row, that was um, certainly a lot on the table. But I didn't feel like it that week. It just felt like, hey, we're playing great. We won our last two starts. Let's go in and, and get ourselves into a, into a spot here. I played with Dustin the first two rounds and thought, man, there's nobody beating Dustin Johnson this week. You know, he was just absolutely tearing it up. Um, but we worked our way into contention and actually had control of the golf tournament. Can you kind of go through the emotions of the last three holes? Yeah, um, 16, you know, St. Andrews, the way it played last year, uh, the front nine, you go out and you really hope to shoot a few under. Uh, it was downwind, you know, although it was windy, it was still, you know, very gettable. The par fives you could hit iron into, um, some wedge holes to start. And then you flip around and then you just got to try and hold it together. Um, just really tough. Um, I remember getting to 16, you know, and I knew where I was on the board, telling Mike, all right, well, we still have 18 that we can birdie. So let's go ahead and just be smart here. We'll try and hit two greens in regulation, maybe hit 17 in regulation. If not, scrap together a couple pars, let's birdie the last hole. And if it's not good enough, it'll be good enough for a playoff. And I had this long putt. I mean, I could see it right now. I had this long um, putt kind of on the knob of the green from left, the left side of the green to the right side of the green on 16. They had this little pin in this, this corner on the front right part where it went up, then it was flat and it went back down. So I didn't have a whole lot of room, but I knew that the putt just needed to be cast out about a foot outside the left edge with the right speed, and it's got a chance to go in. It was a really tough putt because if you get off line by more than a foot, um, well, first of all, it was 45 feet, but if you get off line by more than a foot halfway through, it can miss by four or five feet on either side. With about half the putt to go, you know, I'm just hoping it stays on top of that knob. With about five feet to go, I'm like, no way, this thing's going in. And uh, if it had enough speed, and I think it just kind of dripped in the front side, perfect speed, and the crowd behind 17 there, you know, because the walk-off goes right into 17 tee box. Crowd behind 17, everybody kind of stood up and went crazy, similar to the putt I made on 16 at the U.S. Open at Chambers. Um, 
It was actually a somewhat similar putt. And uh, that was a pretty cool feeling. And I was obviously at an all-time high there thinking, let's get through 17 and then let's go ahead and birdie 18 at St. Andrews to win the Open Championship. And I couldn't be more excited for that. And then 17, I, I, um, the one, only thing I regret is I didn't play the right fairway route. I played the left fairway, which makes it an almost impossible angle to hit the green in regulation, but it's a much safer tee shot. And at this time, you know, again, I'm playing for par, but playing for par, I still needed to play aggressive. Uh, I went down the left side, then I tried to hit my three iron up there. It was, I had a long way in, probably 235 into a really strong wind. And ended up with about a 40-yard pitch at a great pitch. And then I just, I thought I hit a pretty good putt that just dove off. And all of a sudden, it just kind of, it, it drains you. You know, I'm still ready to go to the next hole and birdie it and work your way into a playoff. But um, that feeling of, all right, we'll par 17, and we're going to give ourselves a putt to win the Open Championship in the town of St. Andrews, right on the, you know, the famous 18th green. Um, but it just kind of got taken away. And then, you know, the last hole, I, I just played kind of poorly. I hit my drive too far left, which left me with uh, a tougher shot into the green. I had an in-between yardage, and I chose less club, thinking adrenaline would, would power through it. But it just spun too much. Um, gave the putt a really good go. Uh, but then that was a, you know, a draining feeling once that putt missed. I mean, I walked over, and I think I put my hands in my hat or in my had thinking, you know, you had control of this tournament and it didn't go your way. Now, um, wasn't overly upset. You know, we had won the first two majors, so um, it wasn't like I was still trying to win the first one and that happened. But you don't get that many chances in a major championship where you control the destiny with the fuels to play, and that's what we practice for. That's why we do what we do, and it was a bit of a bummer the way it finished, yeah. I remember talking with Michael after everything was said and done. He was very put out. I mean, a lot of emotions going through him. Can you talk about the emotions of going back out to the green to congratulate Zach after the playoff? Uh, yeah, you know, Zach, since I've been on tour, or at least worked my way up a little bit into the events, you know, the top 50 in the world play, uh, he's been a tremendous mentor for me. He's been really nice. We've played a lot of practice rounds, done a lot of talking. He, you know, Zach, he's like me. I mean, we'll just, we, he and I could just have a conversation for two hours on end without knowing that it happened. Um, I was really excited to see that from him. Uh, you know, once I was out of it, uh, Louie's a great guy, Mark's a great guy, uh, and so is Zach. It was a, a playoff of, um, really, in my opinion, guys who I've, I've really looked up to a lot um, since I've been on tour. You know, it was tough, obviously, because I wanted to have a chance in that playoff, but um, I went and had some lunch. I think I had a, a beer and then um, went right back out to the 18th green and, um, you know, I was ready to just kind of see what happened and was very pleased for Zach and Damon. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough on um, myself. It was tough on Michael. Uh, but in the, in the big scheme of things, you know, Zach would have probably been there for me. My friends would have been there for me. And I was, you know, it's late after four holes, three, what is it? Three holes or four holes? Uh, no, three. They did three, lead. yeah. Um, and I was kind of the only one left, and I felt like it was the right thing to do. Last question. Very busy stretch of golf coming up with everything, two majors, the Olympics, everything that's going on, the Ryder Cup and playoffs. How have you prepared yourself for this stretch of golf? Well, I took a break after the Masters and kind of approached it like, 
a two-season type season. We had our first half of the year, and now we got our second half of the year. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I've, I've got to find the right balance of making sure I get the right amount of practice with, uh, ba you know, balancing that with, with rest. And, you know, if you're not performing or you're not hitting the ball up to your standard, you know, my, I just want to go to the range and figure out what it is and figure out how to get right on track. Uh, but it may not be the wise thing to do as we go through the playoffs here because you want to save all your energy for that Ryder Cup too. You know, obviously the major championships um, and the Ryder Cup are what um, you know the events right now I'm looking at is um, trying to peek at. So guys save strength for those. It's going to be tough. Um, a lot of guys are going to be a little gassed when we arrive at Hazeltine, but um, hopefully you know adrenaline carries you through that week. But we're going to have to do a pretty good job ahead of time of making sure we're, we're kind of cruising into that. Do you feel like you're ready for this stretch? Yeah, I do. Yeah, trending in the right direction. Um, been hitting the ball a little bit better each day, I feel like. I've been working really hard. Um, going to go over into these next two majors and try and give myself to, a, a chance to win them. I mean, it's all you can ask for is get yourself control of that on the back nine and um, see what you're made of. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Got it, of course. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.